Welcome to HSBC Build and Grow, a series that focuses on managing finance for business continuity. As financials takes center stage in business continuity conversations, your story together with HSBC is proud to present this series, featuring some of the finest minds in the ecosystem to help businesses leverage the financial ingenuity, perspective, and insights from these experts to power their own journey their own continent. Adindya, thank you so much uh, for joining today. You know, I was just going through your website and I found something very interesting, an uncommon, common place. And, uh, and, and below that, there was this Netflix uh, uh, image. And somewhere I thought it was very representative of the brand, of uh, uh, what you're trying to build because it was new age. It talked you know, it looked like it's talking to me um, and, and the different facilities that you go and give in, you know, you give instance living. Tell us, you know, if I have to understand from you, what was in your mind in terms of building of stanza living and what do you see of it as a brand today? Sure. So firstly, Shraddha, thank you for uh, inviting me. Um, you know, when in, in 2017, when... Uh, I had just flown back to India from London and was starting Stanza Living and was running around the streets of Delhi trying to kind of make this work. And I felt like, what, what the hell am I doing? I was enjoying <laughs> corporate life. And I remember getting a call from someone at your story at that point of time. And so that was kind of, you know, you guys told our story to the world in many ways. So we are grateful for that. You know, post kind of graduating from I'm in the box, spent six years in London, uh, three years with Goldman Sachs, three years with Oakley Capital, both of whom are large owners of student living businesses in the global yeah. context. And I had the opportunity to look at that sector from very close quarters. Uh, there was involved number of deals. So I saw that space from a Western world context uh, very, very closely. And, uh, you know, inquisitive as I was, and this was a time, you know, 2011 to 2017, when the entire startup ecosystem in India was taking off like crazy. And, you know, um, I was always finding ways of juxtaposing whatever I was doing in my own life at that point of time to anything in India. And student living was a very, very interesting segment, which kind of caught my attention. Um, you know, Indian student living has historically been very unorganized, fragmented, broken down, mom and pop driven. Um, you know, there are over 8 million students who don't get access to in-campus college housing and look for alternative forms of accommodation. And so we found that as a very, very exciting uh, opportunity. Um, and, and our thesis was simple and straightforward at that point of time. Uh, we want to come back and start a student living brand. Um, we want to focus on, on kind of amenitizing real estate uh, in many ways. So creating a service layer which sits on top of any real estate business and really kind of focus on building that service layer out. What has happened though over the last kind of three years of running now Stanza Living is that um, we realize that the need is uh, further and beyond uh, students as well. Um, obviously, students is a very obvious segment because, you know, they don't know anything. They're just stepping out yeah. of the first time. It's a coming of age moment. And they need, you know, and in many ways, you know, the big, the big plus for us is 51% of our consumers come from tier three towns and cities and sometimes even semi-rural, semi-urban ecosystems. And uh, they probably are the first kind of, you know, generation getting educated, moving out of city, moving out of town. And so parents are very, very focused on ensuring there's a convenient, hassle-free, amenitized lifestyle. And uh, so what we basically tapped into was this latent need which already existed. So nothing new in terms of what we created in that context 
the need was always there. Uh, it's just that we were lucky in terms of having chanced on it at the right time. And so that's been kind of the key, uh, you know, genesis of the idea uh, for, for Stands of Living. And we historically have been very student heavy, uh, but it's only now to, your, to the point I was making earlier that we are kind of expanding to other segments, other consumer groups and asking ourselves questions whether there are more people who are needing this amenitized real estate, amenitized accommodation ecosystem. In, in India, you know, you know property uh, ownership or residence ownership, uh, you know, back in the 50s and 60s was the average age for acquisition of a home or for kind of buying a home was 55, 56 years old. And over the last five, six decades, that kind of kept coming down as younger India become, was becoming more and more ambitious. And then finally, you know, in the 90, 97, 98, it hit 37, 38 years of age. And since the last two decades, it's plateaued at 37, 38, which means that they're the, the younger generation, the, you know, the millennials to begin with, and then now the Gen Zs are increasingly prioritizing usership over ownership. And uh, with that as a trend, uh, in many ways, people want plug and play amenitized real estate. Not that this was a thesis when we started off. As I said, when we started off, it was clearly student living is what was our focus area. But I think we now uh, are onto something bigger. And I think that's what uh, keeps us very excited about what the opportunity lies. So that's where the idea basically came from, Shadar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Aditya, I want to understand that, of course, the need for this and, and what you've created is a huge and large opportunity. And when you were talking about it, I was just remembering my own uh, college days. And, you know, there used to be such a come from a small town and hunt around in Delhi, a place, safe place to stay. And, uh, and, and, and what you're solving is actually a very intrinsic need of the way we live and operate in India. But I just want to understand from you, how are you seeing the market now, right? Like now in this COVID world, we can't deny that this is a new world because yeah. I've been having a lot of conversations and people are saying that, you know, while this was true, that people want to not have ownership, they're saying that there is a shift now happening where people are saying, oh, safety comes first and, and, and we might now look at a better place because remote working is becoming a norm. But again, you can't generalize because in India, they, it's such a huge market. But yeah. what are some of the signals that you see for your business, for the space? Yeah. Sure, that's a very good question. And I'll tell you, um, in many ways, uh, the last three years for us has been an uphill battle in terms of changing people's ways of thinking. Um, you know, we, when we came in, we came in with, you know, ideas around area per person, square footage per person, you know, how many room beds to a room, what's the common area, how much dining capacity, all of that. Because we said, you know, that, you know, if you use the initial thesis, which we said that it's broken down, fragmented, unorganized, poor quality, we said we need to change the way people live. And over the last three years, we've literally been fighting against the tide in terms of getting people to accept uh, some of these norms, which we kind of set out to, uh, you know, lay out. And I think uh, for us, actually, I think, and, you know, COVID is absolutely uh, an aberration in terms of the way the market is behaving. And so, you know, people have gone back home and migrated back to their hometowns and all of those things have happened. But as we look, you know, and as, and as a founder, you look further ahead and you ask yourself the question that are you creating a long-term structural trend or not? And, mm. and in that context, I would say what we set out to achieve in 2017, the consumers are now beginning to accept in 2020 because of COVID. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a weird way of looking at a silver lining in the cloud. Uh, but the reality is, um, you know, we, so for example, our lead funnel, 
as it stands today is through the roof versus where it was last year and the reason for that is anyone and everyone who was lived, living in a you know i don't know a gupta pg or a sani pg or a venkat pg or what not is today then asking themselves a question is that when i go back to you know life as usual am i going to put uh, health and sanitation and safety and trust uh, front and center or not um, and i think increasingly the answer to that is yes um, i would not have thought that that would be the answer so quickly um, the biggest change by the way which we are seeing is in how universities and colleges are responding to what's happening at this point of time um they, we always set out to say we we'll create a direct to consumer brand because when we first met all universities and colleges there was no willingness for anyone to talk at that point of time about student well-being student safety student wellness uh, you know they were they were all were like ki you know hai bahar ecosystem people will take care of it we don't have to worry about that and there's enough yeah. demand from an education lens increasingly this you know and over the last particular month in 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 specific uh, the number of universities and colleges which have reached out to us saying can you manage our in campus facilities or can you provide me an off campus solution because even though i'm not opening my university you know this month or next month maybe but you know i i am going to go back to kind of opening my doors at some point of time and then uh, parents are asking me questions around uh, you know what are you doing to ensure that my student lives in or my ward lives in a ecosystem which is relatively safe and healthy and sanitized so can we partner with you guys on some of these initiatives so i would say trends which we knew would take time but we felt that we kind of had the if we kind of kept at it would kind of you know happen are increasingly becoming relevant um, mm. and accelerated as a result mm. of see so that the reality is people have now you know because of what's happened the lockdown and the kind of inconveniences which lockdown have created people have gone back home um universities and colleges have shut down uh, workplaces have shut down but um i don't see this as more of an aberration it's 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 something which will you know hang around for the next few months but once people go back to some sense of normalcy in their lives we feel there's a disproportionate share which some of the organized players will take uh from this market because a large number of the unorganized players one either they are kind of you know running out of business today and hence are going to shut down and fold or to the kind of the cost and the implications of those costs when you're running on wafer thin margins uh to kind of put in place some of these safety measures means that their business models no longer be viable um, yeah. and so the opportunity is actually for us to say that is this something which we want to kind of capitalize on now and i think that's what is thinking internally at this point of time yeah. anidya what are some of the key metrics if i may ask that you monitor in your business to see that okay upward ho raha hai momentum hai growth ho raha yeah. what are some of the things yeah so i think uh, obviously uh, you know the the usual metrics which everyone tracks you know growth you know margins at the unit level uh, making sure all your prop properties are you know generating money for the business all of that you know is common place and we do that i think one of the key metrics which we track uh, and which we have we've been very focused on from day one is return on capital capital efficiency um because we do commit capex to refurbish reposition the real estate um and we don't when want to kind of be in a position where we don't recover our capex soon enough um so as a business we try to recover capex in as short a period of time and so you know your capital efficiency needs to be high you know funnily enough i remember this uh, one of our current investors told me at the end of a long kind of you know this is like way back in 2017 when we first presented to them uh, you know he said that this is the first time that someone has come to kind of for a for a seed/series a check uh, 
uh, and has presented a slide on return on capital. You know, no, usually mm -hmm. companies at that stage don't talk about return on capital. And for, for that investor, that was a very important point um, in terms of looking at investing in us. That continues to be, I think, the number one metric for this business. Um, you know, obviously customer experience, um, you know, unit economics, all of that is relevant and important and will continue to be. But I think the one different metric, which, you know, usually companies at this stage don't focus on or are beginning to focus on now in a post-COVID world, we've looked at it as, a, as an important metric for us always. Uh, so return on capital is a very, very important metric to look at. We were talking about your investors. So you have some very good investors, no? Falcon, Edge Capital, Sequoia, Axel, Metrics, Alteria uh, yeah. Capital. J just give us a sense, and this is for all the entrepreneurs who would be watching. What was what was the pitch that got all of them excited? Yeah, so I think uh, there are two, three key things, which is very, very, uh, you know, and I think uh, some of these uh, metrics tend to get distorted in good times and then come back and focus in bad times. And, you know, we've seen that happen. I think there were three things which very early on which were important to us. Is it a large enough market, a large enough opportunity which you're chasing? You know, are there, you know, you're not chasing a small niche, you know, are you chasing a big enough market and is the market expandable? So for us, you know, that ticked the box immediately. Um, the other thing was uh, you don't, uh, you scale positive unit economics. You don't scale and then get positive unit economics. And I think that's something mm -hmm. we have been a very, very strong believer of. So we, from day one, have focused on our unit economics, our margins to make sure that we're showing that, okay, this is what we are doing at different price points and we can then scale it. Um, and I think the third thing for me was return on capital. Like if whatever, you know, capital we're committing to this business, uh, you know, how soon are we recovering it? And hence, you know, are we creating a business which will, require a billion dollars of capital or will require a few hundred million dollars or a hundred million dollars of capital. And I think that was for at least our investors, I think I felt was a very, very important three points which needed ticking off the box. And obviously they'll tell you uh, other things which they thought about at that point of time. But for me, when I was presenting this to everybody, I thought these are the three key important metrics uh, which we should focus on. And I think we were initially bootstrapped for a good kind of seven, eight months before we raised capital we kind of set our sights on getting these three metrics right. Um, and once we were confident about that, only then did we go ahead and kind of try to raise some capital. So I would say that these are the three metrics, you know, size of market, uh, unit economics at, at your scale today, and then scale that up um, and then return on capital. These are the three metrics I would say, very important. Yeah. You know, there's so many players who have tried to do uh, something similar, but not many have been able to do. I want to understand, and if you had to say, you know, if I look back at my last three years, then as stanza living, there are one or two or three maybe things that we've done right. And that's why we've been able to grow and, and build a brand. What would those be? Yeah, so I would say, uh, I would say there are two key, three key things I would say in, in my head, and I'm sounding like a consultant or not, because I mean, <laughs> Uh, I think the first thing is a razor sharp focus on unit economics. And, and, and when I say razor sharp focus on unit economics, it's modeling and understanding every single cost item um, and spending time on each one of them. You know, we, we, when we made our first couple of hires into the company and uh, some of them were from very established startups and came into this, uh, you know, came, came into our ecosystem. And when they looked at our, uh, our models, we had modeled things like, you know, newspapers, which are being delivered to the buildings and so on and so forth, which was costing 50 paise rupee per person per month, but we had modeled that in. Um, and it was important to know everything which goes into kind of building that kind of property and the, the, the EBITDA leveling numbers. 
one of our competitors who you know uh, sadly folded shop i remember you know they we had they had approached us for an acquisition and i was talking to one of their guys and he said this to me that it is a profound statement stayed in my head for a long period of time he said ki we had modeled this to be uh, you know economics profitable at 60% occupancy i'm today operating at 100% occupancy and i'm still not making money i don't know why and and for me it comes down to that fact where if you're very razor sharp obsessed with every single number every single uh, detail then that obviously helps you and kind of puts in good stead it's a cultural thing it becomes a part of the company's culture over time in terms of obsession with every single number no matter how large or small it is yeah so anidhya you you saying that before you started you had that focus ki jo bhi karenge unit economics positive and again um, shada again it comes back from so my co-founder sandeep is from bcg i am from goldman okay it's just something which we have learned in our lives past life mm. um where uh, you know thoroughness of every information piece is very very important so um i i, I don't think, think it's something which innately comes to us it's just we've been tutored the right way or, over time and i think that helps us so you know that was a very very important kind of uh, take away from us the second thing is i think we very early on realized or asked ourselves this question as to what is the risk quantify risk and understand every element of risk and then take a call whether you are you know you are you're okay to take that risk or not um I, and i say this a lot to people internally in the company risk and uncertainty uncertainty is unmeasured risk and risk is something which you measure don't kind of you know live in uncertain times you know understand risk and take risk uh but at least quantify it um you know every piece every dollar and be able to kind of put that into uh, a perspective and then then take the trade off and sometimes you get the trade off right around you get it wrong but the worst thing is you go into some market or go into some thesis and you don't even know what you're kind of punting on that kind of puts you to a very very weak spot uh so i would say these have been um, two very important parts the third part i think which we learned very very early on was um and i think this was not there with us when we started the business but i think you learned along as we've gone along when you're scaling a traditional offline business in terms of scale it at almost venture capital pace you know that you know you're going 4 5 6x every year um you cannot do it without people you cannot do it without people putting in inordinate amounts of effort and hard work so uh, you know although uh, you know people have different ways of thinking about culture um reward people the right way you know reward people for all the hard work which they put in whether it's you know monetary or otherwise but as long as you are able to acknowledge the importance which people have in the ecosystem i think you'll always create a a, a great business and i think for us particularly we are very clear this is not a pure play tech product where you know you build something like an instagram or a whatsapp and virality kind of spreads through you every piece of the puzzle every day every new property you onboard has to kind of go through a lot of kind of love care and, and attention um and and the only way you will be able to drive throughput of pace or productivity is if people are willing to stretch themselves and yeah. when you want people to stretch themselves they need to believe in the in the mission in what you are out to do so spend time inordinately with the people in the in the company in the ecosystem and i think that was these were the three kind of for me big differentiators for stanza living today versus everybody else i think today stands the living the one thing which i'm very very proud of is our leadership team our leadership team is best in class you know there are people who have got 25 30 years of experience in scaling consumer businesses um and we acknowledge you know both sandeep and i we have we have always acknowledged that we are not the smartest guys in the room we are very often don't know uh anything about uh launching a property in you know lucknow for example where you know you have to think about several kind of non modelable uh variables and uh, but people have done that and they have they built that so you know rely on their experience and and build it out 
So I would say these are the three things: razor sharp focus on numbers, uh, you know, people as a very important focus, and understanding risk. Uh, I would say these are the three very very important. Uh, difficult to again quantify but important pieces of how we thought about our business yeah this is this to me is a master class <laughs> in building business and 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 what's coming across is that you know thinking unit economics and 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 i think uh, and then what i also hear from you is that you're not thinking about it now in the recent past you started it from day 1 day 0 yeah. and it's important uh, it's, it's important uh, shoda because you know you're seeing what's happening to companies which are not focused yeah that. yeah you know sometimes i also feel it also brings me to this question of it's so important to have a very you know a steady hard and and proper work experience right like it's before starting up it's a i don't know it's a i'm torn on this one yeah. so i struggle with this um i feel uh, we one of my ex bosses once told this to me that if all my uh, if and this was in my private equity days that if in my portfolio of investments if every investment is ahead of plan uh, what should i think and i said you should be very happy with yourself and he said wrong i am very disappointed with myself and and i said why because he said that that means there are opportunities out there which were underwrote to be you know not up to our business plan but which would have delivered probably and so we missed on those opportunities and i think that's true with about you know having work experience and not sometimes you don't have work experience you know the sky is the limit uh, you believe you can do everything and anything with us every time you know when people come up to us with crazy ideas we are like hey, show me the the business rationale <laughs> uh, sometimes we feel like that's stifling so that's i don't true. know i mean some of the young guys have built fantastic businesses uh, which will be you know there for decades and i can't take that away but yes for me at least uh, having that experience helps uh, and help um, yeah. i don't know if it's different or not had i started at 2100 by the way i i in my family no one has ever come even remotely close to starting a business so uh, I, you know everyone in my family has been in the service background or in the education background so uh, this is new in many ways territory for me genetically also so uh, <laughs> in in that context i just feel that the experience at least anchors me to something which i know and i'm comfortable with you know no but very aptly said there's no right answer but yeah experience helps showing in tanzania living what are some of the adjacencies areas you're looking to expand into yeah so look i mean it's early days for us you know we've been uh, very very uh, focused on student living um, we've just recently uh, announced a foray into the you know early stage working professional segment which was about to launch in march luckily for us we didn't launch it so we kind of uh, avoided a lot of potential losses on that front so that's that's been good for us but that's a segment which even though will take time to recover which i think will come back so the you know focusing on that consumer segment will be a priority area for us in the future um honestly managed real estate of various forms is something which is exciting to us and we want to do it but what is also and that's kind of you know adjacency adjacencies in terms of horizontals right in terms of you know more consumer segment same product which you could launch one of the things which uh, which we feel very excited about is that this consumer set uh, you know spends 15 16 hours a day in our building multiple touch points with our, with us you know they're consuming four meals a day of food they are using our internet services they are using um, you know laundry transport last mile mobility options where you've got partnerships with people one you know very very interesting uh, anecdote which i will tell you and sure this gave me a business idea once 
one of our kind of you know lo local team members once came to us and said that um, uh, can you uh, you know instead of giving me my salary at the end of every month can you break it into two parts and give me part of it you know every 15 days just pay me every 15 days and i asked why why do you need that and this is a kind of you know very junior young uh, you know captain of one of our buildings and and his view was ki uh, sir aisa hota hai ki jab uh, you know when people are uh, when the students run out of money and this they get their money in the first of every month by the 20th they run out of money they borrow from me so i have to give them 5 6 7 8 thousand rupees so i run out of money and for me you know in many ways some could have seen this as a as a hr problem um we at sandus or this is a business opportunity because there's something about the consumer behavior which we have learned in terms of his need for short term credit so we really want to think about how do we tap into this consumer even more uh, mm -hmm. given the amount of time which he spends with us or she spends with us in our buildings um and uh, the you know the ability to influence some of their behaviors or kind of give them or extract more share of the wallet as a business person sounds exciting i am not necessarily sure we have solved those problems as yet and so i think it's early days for us to talk about those adjacencies but that's definitely something we have an eye on we are spending time internally studying a lot about i don't think there's any immediate plan to launch any of these uh, but some things which we definitely have in mind can we not only just explore the adjacencies from a horizontal lens but also from a vertical lens yeah at some point do you do you think of creating like a community platform for because this is a young audience that you have yeah so i think i'm a little torn on that one shada to be honest um the community angle has been done to death <laughs> in western world particularly and we always kind of approach this and you know again because of having seen that in my life past life uh, in 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 the western world what we do you know parallels of that industry is a uh, good to have it's a you know uh, it's something which it's a want it's not a need in india we are really solving for an affordability problem we are saying that you know when you migrate from one city to another the cost of putting together the accommodation and all the services on top of that is not just painful in terms of you know doing what you have to do and putting this all together but we are providing you hassle free convenience at the lowest possible cost so affordability is a very very important mantra of what we do so today our priority area is to solve for affordability at every price point at every kind of you know demand segment um, across the the market and so we really solving for needs and um community is a want in my head uh, which will come once we have solved for the need so i think uh, i'm not obsessed with solving for community needs at this point of time mm. i'm definitely obsessed with solving for the fundamental basic you know housing and housing associated banalities solving for that uh day one and solving it at the lowest possible cost and lowest possible price to the end consumer because i think once we do that um we truly clearly uh, will then have the opportunity to layer on some of these kind of slightly more western concepts if i might say so um <laughs> like community etc i'm not i'm not belittling it i think it's important and it will be important i just think that as a country we are not there as yet when we start talking about community as much um as i know some of the western world peers of mine are talking about at this point you said a very interesting thing that things that have worked and things that you focused on one of the things was how do you keep your leadership team how do you keep your team energized motivated and and, and to the mission right tell me what is it that you tell internally about the mission of stanza living what is it that gets everyone excited yeah i think uh, you know i have always said this to people that uh, my pipe dream at this point of time is really making accommodation and and real estate plug and play 
um, in every sense of the word. So, you know, I, I really want consumers to be able to access space and that service layer on top of that in the most flexible manner possible. And that suddenly opens up opportunities of multiple skills. So any kind of real estate layer on which you can build a, a service layer uh, will become available for us to kind of focus on. And I think that's been a very, very clear focus area in terms of how, do we, how we explain the business to everyone internally. I think one key uh, point for us is, I think we very early on said, we are not, as I said earlier, we're not the smartest guys in the room. You know, we, we know what we are doing as a collective, but every single piece of the puzzle, we don't know it better than the guys who are leading those functions. So giving full independence to, you know, to teams to kind of create their own strategies and create their own ways of kind of growing out their respective functions um, is very, very important. The one other thing which I would say is that, and I feel that we are a very ambitious group of people, both, you know, both Sandeep and I, the desire to create an outsized outcome, and you'll see this with a lot of, you know, young successful entrepreneurs, I think is, is very, very high. I think we're not there in terms of being called young successful as yet, but uh, in terms <laughs> of the desire to create that outsized outcome is very, very high. And so very often we stretch people to ask themselves this question key. If you can do 3000 beds in this market, why not five? Why not six? Why not seven? Mm -hmm. What's kind of stopping you to go in there? So I think um, for us, it's really about telling people that, look, real estate is a massive opportunity in the context of, you know, of the country. Um, and, and we are seeing very significant transitory events happening in various forms of real estate at this point of time. And COVID is accelerating some of these trends. Yeah. Um, it is very important for us to bring together the entire service layer, the real estate and technology together to then say, can we create a business model which is easily transferable across segments? Um, and I think that's something which then suddenly increases the opportunity uh, significantly. And then let people kind of drive their own functions, their own kind of mandates. Um, we, don't, we don't claim to know everything and we don't, you know, we don't kind of get into everything as well because we are not the best guys to run everything ourselves. That's a reality. So for us, it's about letting people do what they have to do, stretch them in terms of their vision, their imagination. Um, but at the same time, you know, tell them where we, are, where we want to get to. I remember this, there was one senior person who we were looking to hire at some point of time in, the, in our real estate team. And he, I really wanted that guy to come in and he said, sir, you know, at how many beds do you think I will be allowed to retire? That was his question. And, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, 30, 40,000 beds and you should retire. And today, every day he gives me this taunt, he said, 30, 40,000 beds to ho gaya. <laughs> I said, no, because we've, we've, our goals have changed. Tough luck, get on with it. <laughs> so I think that, that's, uh, those are the kind of key points from our perspective. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, if you have to look back at the last three years, uh, what are some of the things you think you as an entrepreneur have done uh, right? You know, I think the, one, the the two, three key things there for me is um, we, you know, coming from the backgrounds which both Sandeep and I came from, we tend to be um, very anal about details. We tend to be very kind of focused on every single number, every single dollar, every single, in, in a way we are control freaks, right, historically. To let go is tough. But I think when you let go, magic can happen. Um, and, and I think uh, for me, that's been the, single most important transition um, I've had to do as a person because I'm, you know, I, I, I my, my, when I used to be at private equity, my associates used to love me because they used to be like an India model. So no tension. Like I don't have to <laughs> right. And, and 
to then come here and say that I'm letting people taking PNL decisions by themselves and trusting them with it has been a very, very important change for us. Um, but I think there's magic in some of that. India's it's, it's mind blowing the amount of talent we have in this country and the amount of uh, willingness to hack their way to kind of success is, is so strong in some of the younger leaders of the, of the country today that really at sometimes I feel that um, that's the best thing I've done to let people kind of you know, run their own shows in many ways internally in the, in the company. So I think letting things go and letting people own their respective mandates uh, without, with minimum intervention, because I know if I say zero intervention, the team will kill me, but with minimum <laughs> has been, has been what we achieved. And if there you are in money matter, tell me, what does money mean to you? Yeah, so as I said, you know, one of the things which I spoke about and we've used a lot of times this word is capital efficiency. You know, at the end of the day, money has to make money. Um, and uh, whatever dollars you put into any business or into, you know, your own savings or whatnot, um, if they if they don't, if money doesn't make money for you, uh, you know, you're not creating value. That's, you know, I'm being very, very materialistic about the way I'm approaching <laughs> But the reality is, I, I strongly believe in that, that, you know, wherever you are, you know, whether it's as a personal investment, whether it's a professional, you know, investor making an investment, whether it's you committing capital to a business line, everything, um, you know, you have to be able to honestly stand up and say that, will this make, you know, more money than um, any other alternative form of, you know, allocation of capital. So yeah. for me, uh, money has to make money. And, uh, you know, that's a very, very important you know, question we ask ourselves, you know, every time we ask ourselves, is this the best use of this capital? Uh, what we are doing at this point in time. And the answer to that is no, or the answer to that is I'm not sure, don't do it. Uh, mm. That's one thing where I say people that be confident about what you're doing, because it has to be the best use of the capital at that point of time. Um, so I think, uh, you know, for me, that's the, that's important. You know, the power of compounding is a very, very important power and money has to make more money. That's my simple kind of take on this. What has been your learning as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as the uh, co-founder of Stanford Living during this COVID time? So has there been any personal learning, business learning? Yeah, I think uh, I think there are two things. I think one from a business lens, which I would say is that um, very often, uh, you know, when when you're chasing a particular target, you lose sight of some other things which which happen in the business. For example, one of the things which we did as a company is look at our non-people corporate costs and say, you know, is there some things which are good to have or are they must-haves? And whatever is good to have, can we do away with it? And, you know, um, this is not something which would require a pandemic to focus on. But I think what the pandemic has done is definitely uh, made us, and I think it's across the board, across the community, every founder I speak to, I think we are just becoming better quality entrepreneurs because, you know, to your point earlier about what every dollar means, you know, it's just like how, you know, at home, you know, when, when you, you know, when you lose even 15 rupees as a kid, you lost a 15 rupees, good. your dad used to give you one tight slap across your face, right? That importance of every 15 rupees or 10 rupees or five rupees, uh, that discipline cannot be lost when you're in a corporate or when you're in a yeah. startup. And I think we ourselves uh, have kind of literally kind of shifted focus back to saying, look at every single dollar, look at every single rupee and ask yourself this question that can I do without it? Was it wasteful? Was it necessary? And yes, can I cut it down now? And can I have some lessons learned from this for the future? So I think across the board, um, in many ways, we are creating a very solid lean mean machines from multiple startups uh, are doing that. And so I think very good uh, for, for the ecosystem one. I think at a personal level, um, 
you know very often you start thinking about every possibility and every uh, you know and how it will play itself out and you start thinking about what you can do and what you cannot do i think the learning that certain things are beyond your control and and you can let them be and just focus on what's in your control and drive whatever you can do on those fronts uh, is important so you know for example when covid happened you know our first 3 months we had very very limited impact because we were in the student living business so you know consumers paid us in advance so we had a lot of money is collected so we had nothing to worry about you know we said we don't know when this will end so let's not ask ourselves this question as to when this will end but let's ask ourselves this question that given all we have you know the 650 plus you know team which we have at stanza living what can we do and what can we improve what are we kind of you know deprioritizing as a company because we are growing at a particular pace which we can focus on so you know ev- everything from an operating model to sops to learning and development to technology we have just doubled our focus on that because these are things that are under our control um, there is no point thinking about when will the universities and colleges come back because that's not in your control but yes look for ways in which you can kind of use what you have under your control to create more value not necessarily for the next 3 4 5 6 months but definitely for the long term yeah um, very often um, people in my team and and uh, sometimes even my investors tell me ki tu bahut zyada long term sochta hai but i <laughs> feel ki that's the answer at times yeah uh, because by the way i feel this is not the last of the pandemics we have seen this is not the first second except we will see a lot more of these disruption to our life and uh, you know business models have to be robust and be able to kind of deal with that uh, so asking ourselves questions around those are very very important and i think focus on what you can control and and drive that that's been a key area of focus for us at least and learning for us you know earlier we used to think about everything possible you know which is not even under control and try to figure out ways of making things them you know fall into your control but i think you know you should just a little bit of zen mode on that front is not does not hurt you well you know amazing for money you have materialistic view for building business you have zen mode <laughs> yeah really. yeah but what i'm taking is that to build a business you have to think long term and you are at stanza living thinking long term while having a laser focus on what all can get better yeah, yeah i mean just be prepared i think the world will look very different uh, from when we shut down in march um in a post covid world and we are preparing for that um we are not asking ourselves ki ye 6 mahine chalega ki 9 mahine chalega ki 8 mahine chalega luckily we are well capitalized so we don't have to worry about that we are asking ourselves simply what are you ready when your when the race starts again and you know will you win that battle then and i think that's what our focus area is well wonderful talking to you you know it was a very authentic and uh, free flowing and, and and i i thought that you shared very openly thank you very good conversation thank, thank you, you.